You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. And today's topic, we are in part four of our series, uh, The Black Royal Bloodlines and Rulers. So this is part four of this series. And um, shout out to Sis Brooklyn Borges for um, sending me this book uh, as a reference and... um, I'm really, really loving this. It's giving us the ancient uh, black nobility of Europe's bloodline, okay? Uh, So the book is The Negro Rulers of Scotland and the British Isles by Dr. John L. Johnson. Uh, You can also get this on um, Amazon. It is for sale on Amazon. It is well worth it. So we are going to get into the material where we picked up uh, off. So we stopped at Kenneth the Niger dub. No, we didn't actually. Yeah, we did. Sorry. (laughs) I highlighted beforehand. Okay. Uh, So if you haven't caught the rest of this series, you can go back to the first couple of episodes. And in the very first episode, it, uh, we went into the, how this particular European bloodline that is ruling today, which shows a Caucasian bloodline through Queen Elizabeth. Uh, But nonetheless, the original bloodline, the ancient bloodline, Uh, came out of Africa, and and, uh, as you progress through this series, it also talks about how the different houses were established, and not all of the houses were established of direct bloodline. Some of them were through marriage. We talked about uh, why the different houses were established, and the consistent theme throughout this information is that the ancient royal bloodlines of Europe were melanated black, okay? So now we are on Kenneth the Niger. Now, this particular episode in this series, we're going to go through a lot of kings. And what I found interesting about this is that some of the kings literally were just stricken out the record or barely mentioned, okay? Uh, So it, it really got me to thinking that how easily it is to just change history, rewrite history, and why even to this day it's difficult for us to get a complete picture Uh, how we have to go to several other sources, which are not the popular sources, to piece together this information. 
okay? So we're going to go ahead and get started, and uh, you'll see what I mean about folks being stricken out the record. All right, so Kenneth the Niger, dub, remember dub means black. We know the Niger, I mean, come on now, we know what that means, okay? Uh, it has recently been used as a negative derogatory phrase or word to describe melanated, a.k.a. black folks, okay? So, in other words, the N-word, okay? But the origin of this word is used to describe dark, all right? Niger, okay? Um, and then you also should know that Niger also refers uh, to a river over in Africa. I want to say out of Nigeria. All right. Okay. So either way you go, uh, it was so funny as I was uh, redoing some research, I ran across this person's blog and it was funny because uh, they didn't appear that uh, the person had any type of... Um, feedback on the blog, but he was trying to justify <laughs> how the word Niger meant to describe hair color. Oh, okay then. <laughs> so I kind of laughed, but nonetheless, Kenneth the Niger dub. So you have two descriptives, meaning black, describing Kenneth. Dub means black. Hence, like Dublin, Black Land, and then Niger. So, how anyone can formulate their mind to say that Niger and Dub is not describing a skin tone, it's subscribing hair. I am just really at loss of words. That is either lying. Or that is cognitive dissonance at its finest. But let's continue. The Christian Moorish convert, uh, Pittish, Kenneth King, the Niger, Black, Dub, Duff or Duffy, the great-great-grandson of Kenneth McAlpin. Okay, so if you go back to the earlier three episodes, uh, Kenneth, McAlpine started this particular uh, black European um, nobility lineage, all right? So uh, he was the great-great-grandson of Kenneth McAlpine, ruled Scotland from A.D. 962 to 966. This triumph king ruled three provinces in the Scottish Alba Highlands. He was the first son of Malcolm I MacDonald and was taken out at Forest Moray by devotees of his third cousin Cullen. Okay, so again, I want melanated folks to pay attention um, at these names because a lot of you carry these names today. The Scottish Chronicle of the Kings of Alba, Scotland, and the historian John uh, Fordun, 
called Kenneth the Niger. Kenneth's pure Negro Moorish blood continued to flow in the veins of the Scottish and British rulers. Queen Elizabeth II, the mother of Prince Charles, Andrew, Edward, Princess Anne, and grandsons, Prince William and Henry or Harry, are descendants of Kenneth the Niger. The royal King Kenneth the Niger is the 29th great grand uncle of Elizabeth II. Kenneth the Niger's strategic ability to lead a massive military and conquer enormous territory by which his great-great-grandfather, Kenneth McAlpine, had failed to accomplish, ranked him as one of the greatest kings of Scotland has ever known. The brilliant Negro uh, Pike Kenneth, I'm sorry, uh, King Kenneth Dub the Niger, was the first king to carry out the military ambition of the celebrated King McAlpine, whose aspiration was to unite Scotland. However, because of personal bigotry, this Scotland's king's very historical existence has virtually been erased from the pages of history. And that is absolutely correct. I spent a little bit of time trying to find information on him, and he's right. It's pretty scrubbed. So um, I went to archive.org. Let me blow this up for you. And it's giving um, the lineage of the kings and queens of Scotland and uh, you see, let me make sure that's him. Yeah, Dub, that's him. I'm just making sure, family. So you see him in there, okay? So you see him in there. But trying to find any snippet of a biography on him, nope, not there, okay? But he is listed in the lineage under the house of Mac, see they even say McAlpine now. See, I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. Why I kept subliminally slipping, calling McAlpine McAlpine. I know I ain't crazy. Now I don't feel bad, right? Even here they're saying McAlpine, but the the original name is McAlpine. Okay, so he is Kenneth the Dub. Kenneth the Niger Dub is listed here in the lineage. And it is in the correct order, all right? But he was stricken out of uh, history, okay? And even here, you can see, although they are listing the lineage with accuracy, uh, look how they're depicting from a color perspective. Pure case of whitewashing, Okay? Because up here, they're depicting King James. Uh, no, that's far from how King James looked. But you have uh, the black lion representing some type of crest. And we know whenever we see these crests with black uh, animals, 
representative of them. That is code for that is the black European lineage. Okay. So although they put the folks on here, faces is white. This is just a clue for you all to know. They're giving those that know that this is really the black or melanated lineage. All right. Okay. So I just wanted to show y'all that how although Kenneth and Niger was stricken out the record, um, he and and I could see him being stricken out the record because how could you get past Kenneth the Niger dub? How can you get past that nickname? That would automatically folks would have went, wait a minute, why would they call a, a white person or a Caucasian person? a Niger and Dub. So that's why he was stricken out the record. Okay? But let's continue. Okay, so this is Cullen, the black converted Christian king, and you're going to see this consistently uh, throughout uh, Dr. John L. Johnson's account of the lineage. You're going to see where he's saying that all of these particular um, kings had to convert to Christianity. So the black converted Christian king Cullen MacEnduff ruled Scotland from AD 966 to 971. He was taken out by his uh, blood cousin, Kenneth the Niger, and became ruler. Cullen MacEnduff's Negro Moorish blood, as was his cousin Kenneth the Niger, continued to flow in his veins of Scottish and British kings, even until this day. All right, so just going to talk about how Queen Elizabeth II is descended of Cullen McEndolf. King Cullen was taken out in a hall burning by a military leader named Amdarch. A revenge assassination for the kidnapping and assault. Okay, I can't say that word on YouTube without them being fun, uh, funny about it. So, so he was taken out as a revenge assassination for the kidnapping and assault of his daughter by Cullen. All right. So that right there, I'm like, wow, what a degenerate. And hey, it is what it is, bruh. Her, her father did what he was supposed to do. All right, so the mystified Cullen was succeeded by his third cousin, Kenneth II, the brother of Kenneth Dub Niger. King Cullen, who was also known as the Whelp, is an ancestor of Elizabeth II through his great-great-grandfather, Kenneth McAlpine. Now, I, I don't feel bad if I say McAlpine either. The king fathered Constantine III and died in 971 in Lothian. All right, so I'm just going to flip back over to, uh, come on, cooperate. This um, archive.org running down um, the house of McAlpine or Alpine. And you can see Cullen is there right after Dub. Okay. 
All right. And I can understand them not having information on Cullen with him being the degenerate that he was. I could truly, truly understand that. Okay. So let's continue. Okay, Kenneth II, uh, the Christian converted Negro Pittish Kenneth King, I'm sorry, King Kenneth II, 971 through 995 AD, the son of Malcolm I, McDonald, McDonald means son of a black-skinned warrior. Brother of Kenneth the Niger Dub succeeded his cousin Cullen MacEndolf. He ruled Scotland for 24 years before facing death by his own men at Fettercarium, a well planned assassin by Lady Vanilla. Ooh, for taking out her only son. Baby, let me tell you. The degeneracy, folks wasn't playing with these folks. They didn't give a doggone about you being ruler or nothing. You just sat up here and, and uh, did something to my family member. Player, don't think we fence enough for forget about it. Kenneth's Negro blood continues to flow in the hearts of the royal family. Uh, so just given the lineage again, that he's the 29th great-great-grandfather of Elizabeth II. Kenneth II was succeeded by his fourth cousin, Constantine III. The king was the father of Malcolm II and one daughter. Okay, so um, and let's just flip back over here. Okay, so you can see Kenneth. I'm sorry, there's Kenneth II, my bad. You can see Kenneth II represented under the house of McAlpine. I'm so glad I know. I just kept saying McAlpine. I'm like, ah, McAlpine, McAlpine. Now I don't feel bad. <laughs> okay. So let's keep going. All right. All right, so Constantine the Third. The Christian converted Moorish Scottish King Constantine III uh, was the black son of Cullen. So this is Cullen's son, MacEndolf. He ruled for 18 months before he was taken out at the Battle of Rathen Ranman and was succeeded by his fourth cousin, Kenneth III, the son of Kenneth the Niger, the dub black duff or duffy, okay? So as you can see, as we keep going through these particular king rulers, now you should understand why they put uh, that law in place on how uh, the rulership, how the rulership can be passed down to certain um, family members or whatever, because folks kept being taken out so quick. And remember when we went over that tanistry stuff, they also, they mainly did that, not only for the rulership of power, but also to make sure the assets and the estates that they set up through, you know, all of that conquering they went around doing, yeah, taking the other people's stuff to make sure that it stayed, 
within their empire. Okay. So as you can see, we're going through these different rulers. They're getting taken out left and right. Okay. We're to the point where they have to wind up pulling in cousins and, and things to sit on these thrones. All right. His Negro Moorish blood still flows in the veins of every king and queen throughout modern Europe. Okay, so he just goes on to talk about how um, they tie back to the Windsors today. Okay, because remember that that Windsor name was, uh, it's new. It was sanctioned by George. It had to get approval. Okay. Um, so the start of this Windsor name is the start of what we see today as the Caucasian bloodline. Uh, so as we go through this, it'll be interesting to see if there is mention of how uh, the Caucasian bloodline got mixed into um, this melanated bloodline. Okay. All right, so da, 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 we're going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, King Constantine III was the great, great, great grandson of Kenneth McAlpin. Okay, and so uh, we saw him, if we jump back over here, um, under the house of McAlpin or McAlpine, um, you see him here. Okay. All right, um, that was Constantine. Sorry, Constantine, but you still saw Constantine. Constantine. Okay, so now we're on Kenneth III. Okay, so Kenneth III, the Christian converted Black Moorish king, Kenneth III, AD 997 through 10004, was also called Kenneth the Black, was also called Kenneth the Black, was the son of Kenneth the Niger. I mean, that would make sense. He succeeded his cousin, Constantine III, and ruled Scotland for 24 years before his son, Jarek. Now, this tripped me out, y'all, and learned this. What we would call Jarek today, or Garrick today, was really Greg or Gregory was conquered and taken out in battle at Monzivard by his cousin, Malcolm II. Ciao. All males of the house of Kenneth III were taken out except for Lulac, the son of the king's granddaughter, Grooch, who later married King Macbeth. Child, now you know, y'all, that, that threw me right there. We're we going to get to this. <laughs> okay, Not the fact that the, all the males were taken out, because we talked about that earlier, and it's why they had to put laws on the books that other distant relatives can sit on this throne and that the throne can be passed down through bloodline and they why they were doing that was to make sure that the assets or the estates 
stayed in the hands of family members, all right? But what threw me was uh, the, the whole Macbeth thingy. We're going to get into this, that rather. Her son, Lulak, became king, but was soon taken out by Malcolm III. Kenneth was also called Don or Don, meaning black complexion. The name Don is also the short for Donald. Yep. He was also called the Grim, meaning Niger. King Kenneth III is an ancestor of Elizabeth II, and we know that. So, which is the great, great, great grandfather of Kenneth McAlpin. All right, so this is Kenneth IV. The Christian converted Moorish Scottish king, Kenneth IV, who was also called Jarek II or Gregory or Greg. That still just trips me out. So y'all carrying that first name, Jarek, child, that really means Greg or Gregory, <laughs> was the son of Kenneth III and grandson of Kenneth the Niger. He and his father jointly ruled Scotland from A.D. 1004 to 1005. They were taken out at the Battle of Montsevard by a relative named Malcolm II. This king was a distant king to Ken. I'm sorry. This king was distant kin to Kenneth McAlpin. Okay, so that goes back to what they were saying earlier, why they had to put that law in place that they can bring in other uh, distant family members to sit on these thrones. All right, so that th this is just a little um, get up. And, and shout out again to the author, Dr. John L. Johnson. This book again is The Negro Rulers of Scotland and the British Isle. Uh, just excellent, excellent body of work. Um, I, I just think it was very, very well done. I am really excited to go back to the beginning of these monarchs and kind of step through this lineage and seeing the various connections on the, the surnames and um, also how the different houses and let me go back over here, how these different houses were established as well. Um, so excellent, excellent work. All right, so, and I also dig these little um, notes that he put at the end. So this one, the British called the Moorish Kenneth Grimm, meaning black, in the Greek Septuagint, I know I'm not pronouncing it right. So, and Geneva Bibles, uh, these African descendants of Ham are also called Moors. Okay, so ancient historians label the kings of Africa the kings of the South. All right, so all you Bible scholars out there, go on and dust your Bibles off. And cross-reference this stuff. All right. Jesus called the Moorish 
African Ethiopia, Queen of Sheba, the Queen of the South. And he's saying Matthew 12, 42. The prophet Daniel's prophecy of the King of the South refers to these African Negro Moors whom also rules Spain, first called Iberia, Ethiopia. Let me run that for the slow ones in the back. Because anybody that knows just a little bit of true history knows that the Moors ruled Spain. So now, as far as the biblical part of it, I can't vouch for that because I'm not up in the Bible like that. So those that are, are you all can certainly verify that piece. Um, but Prophet Daniel's prophecy of the kings of the South refers to these African Negro Moors whom ruled Spain, first called Iberian Ethiopia. Okay, so for the slow ones in the back, what was Spain originally called? Iberian Ethiopia. From AD 711 to 1492, they were expelled from Spain by white kings of, of the north. So that's coming out of Daniel. Some Western historians give a different account. Of course they do. Okay, so for those of you that are in the, into the Bible, cross-reference that and, um, you know, drop your comments on this vid and let me know your thoughts on, on that. Um, but now I will always look at kings and queens of the South as different. Um, this is very, very interesting. Okay, so let's get to Malcolm. Okay, so let's go back. So Kenneth, we I'm going to just real quick go back to this. So you see Kenneth there under um, Kings and Queens of Scotland. So you can see Kenneth there, okay? So let's go to Malcolm. Okay, so Malcolm II, the converted Christian Negro king, Malcolm II, the son of Kenneth II, became ruler of Scotland in AD 1005 after taking out his cousin, Kenneth III, the son of Kenneth Niger. King Malcolm II was the last king of the House of Alpine, which lasted 197 years. They ruled almost two centuries, okay? So Malcolm was the last um, king out of the uh, House of Alpine or Alpin. Remember, they were the first house that started the empire that we know today uh, ruling Scotland and uh, Britain, Okay. All right, so he was the great-great-great-grandson of Kenneth McAlpine, or Alpine. Well, it's really McAlpine. His blood descendant, Duncan I, continued to rule Scotland under the new dynasty called 
Dunkel. So I put a note here to refresh the fam's memory. Remember the house of Dunkel came in from marriage to one of the previous king's daughters. Okay, so that's how that house was established. Okay. Malcolm II's, yeah, we know that, that it continues to flow through. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, Dr. John L. Johnson. You just want to remind people that if folks going to sit on that throne today, and if uh, they're saying they are, they are of the original bloodline, then you have a lot of melanated blood running through your system. Okay, so it's just once again reminding people that he is the 28th great-grandfather of Elizabeth II. Okay, so the king fathered two daughters, Dunanda and Bethok, mother of Duncan I. He uh, transitioned in A.D. 1034 from an injury. So let's just uh, go back again and show you uh, let me just make sure we're on Malcolm. And you can see he's the last out, uh, the last kings out of the house of Mac Alpin, okay, which was started by Kenneth Mac Alpin. Okay. All right. So let's get into Duncan the first. The Catholic Duncan the first, and I wonder if he was the first Catholic to sit on the throne. Cause, well, that's just uh, uh, maybe I'll try to see if that's the case. But anyway, the Catholic Duncan the first ruled Scotland from A.D. ten. You know what? I bet you he is because he is. Sorry, family. I had to drink a little bit of water. Because that, if Malcolm II was the end of this line from the house of McAlpin and then the house of Dunkeld, remember I told you this house, I didn't tell you, uh, but Dr. John L. Johnson, uh, actually, it wasn't even in his stuff. We found it through, I found it through other research that the house of Dunkel, it was through marriage to one of the daughters. Okay, so this name, Dunkel, is not originally from the lineage McAlpin. It is one of the daughters' um, married name or maiden name. It is her married name. It was her, hu it's her husband's name. So... Duncan I may well be the first Catholic ruler. Hmm. All right. So, okay, he ruled under the uh, Dunkel dynasty. He was the son of Crenan of Dunkel and the McAlpin princes. Oh, Beatrice. Yeah, okay, any Beatrice out there? Although that's an old school name. All right, so I think that name Beatrice is probably was with my grandma and them. Yeah, so I don't think too many people are carrying that Beatrice name today. It's kind of old school, but 
anybody y'all know carrying that Beatrice name, and you know, I know melanated people shorten it to B. Uh, it comes from Bethok. So Bethok really meant, uh, wow. So Beatrice really meant Bethok. So Princess Bethok, the daughter of Malcolm II, who was the nephew of Kenneth the Niger. Okay, so just to make sure, and I'm sorry for getting off track. I apologize up in advance on the little name. So again, Duncan I, he was the first one under the uh, Dunkel dynasty. He was the son of Crenan of Dunkel and the McAlpin princess Beatrice. The daughter of Malcolm II, who was the nephew of Kenneth the Niger. Okay, so he was ruling basically up under that, uh, his dad's name. Okay, but he's sitting on the throne on behalf of his mother, Princess Beatrice. Okay, but he's the nephew of Kenneth the Niger. Okay. The name Duncan, now I learned this new, uh, you all, the name Duncan means a son of a black or dark-skinned warrior. Duncan was killed, dang, I didn't mean to say that because you two can get funny, by his cousin Macbeth at the Battle of Bothganawan and was succeeded by Macbeth. Okay. Um, so he is the 27th great-grandson of Elizabeth II. The king was the father of Malcolm III and Donald III. So that name, uh, Duncan, means son of a black or dark warrior. I'm like, really? So I just did a quick etymology search. And Duncan, surname, uh meaning dark, I'm sorry, meaning brown, dark. And so they're saying also mean uh, head. And I think that's where people be trying to put the hijack in, that it only means dark hair. But... Uh, you leave out the other part that they bring on to that. So meaning brown warrior. I guess you forgot that part also. When you all want to talk about these adjectives, when it talks about dark or brown, you want to refer to head. But you leave out the other descriptives. Okay, so done adjective. Old English done, dingy brown, dark colored. Um, Gaelic, Don, dull, dark brown, dark, Welch, brownish, from pie, donos, dark, as a noun, done color, okay, um, let me see, Yep, and so then it just verifies it here again. The Dunn also is likely the origins of the surname Dunn, Dunn, and Dunning, etc. All right? So I, I was like, okay, I just sat here and learned something new. 
So that's cool. So those of you that's carrying that surname, Duncan, it means black or it means son of a black or dark skin warrior. And it's coming from the king, Duncan, the first, who ruled under the house of Dunkeld. All right? Let's continue. Let's get into Macbeth. Now, it's just me and I, I'm okay with saying this. I never knew that the whole Macbeth thing really was about a ruler. Child, I didn't know that. I just thought it was about the Shakespearean fictional writing, which now all of this is starting to make sense on the other parts that you hear folks saying that Shakespeare was melanated and the characters that Shakespeare was speaking of were melanated. Now, we do know that popular history today says that the characters Shakespeare were writing about, he was writing about the royal European families. And even some say Shakespeare was a melanated woman. Okay, but we'll get into that later. Um, on a later drop. Okay, so I was really interested on this one, Macbeth. The Catholic Macbeth ruled Scotland from AD 10, I'm sorry, yeah, 1040 to 1057. He was the son of Finlay and the McAlpin princess Donata, the daughter of Malcolm II, who was the nephew of Kenneth Niger, dub. Macbeth took out the ruling king, Duncan I, and became ruler for the next 17 years before he was slain at the Battle of Lefanen by Malcolm III, the son of Duncan I. Baby, they wasn't playing. Like, okay, don't think I'm finna sit up here and forget what you done done to my family member. Now, uh, let's be clear, we're reading through the lineage of these folks, and they are family members, okay? So that would be like, you know, your cousin and them, that's like your mother's brother's child or whatever, and you sitting on the throne like, and your cousin come take you out. Macbeth was considered to be a decent ruler since he practiced fair government. He is also known for visiting the Pope of Rome and distributing gifts to the poor. The king's wife was Macalpin, Princess Grouch, who was the great-granddaughter of Kenneth the Niger. The elegant princess and queen, Grouch, or Grouch, was Shakespeare's immortalized Lady Macbeth. So, I am once again inclined to believe that this particular house, the house of Mac- Dunkeld, this is how the Catholic 
um, bloodline or whatever and ideology made it into the royal houses. So let's just jump back over to um, archive.org. And then I wanted to, I did a couple other things on Macbeth too. Okay. All right. So you see there's Duncan. So remember, this is the house of Dunkeld. And I am inclined to believe that this is where the start of the Catholic religious and really remember in these times when we're talking about these different religions you also have to equate it to political power okay so the political power of the catholics came in at this point at the dunkelds all right so there's macbeth and you see macbeth took out duncan yeah, um, so that's that part. So let's jump over to um, pull something on, pull a couple of things on Macbeth, because that tripped me out. All right, so Macbeth. Now, I just want y'all to know, when I first searched Britannica for Macbeth, um, I saw what came up, fictional character, this, that, and the third. I'm like, oh, okay, really? Um Britannica, that's how you're going to roll. So finally, I was able to get Macbeth, King of Scots. Um, so it says, uh, do, 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 do. Macbeth, King of Scots from 1040, the legend of whose life was the basics of Shakespeare's Macbeth. He was probably a grandson of Kenneth II. Now, probably not. Nah. Probably is what they sitting up here saying. <laughs> Probably. And he married Grooch, a descendant of King Kenneth III. Uh, about 1031, Macbeth succeeded his father, Fenleach. Oh, they even get, give who that was in Shakespeare. And yeah, I'm not into Shakespeare. So is that Sinel in Shakespeare? as Mormaer, or chief in the province of Moray in northern Scotland. Macbeth established himself on the throne after taking out his cousin, King Duncan I, in a battle near, near Elgin. Not as in Shakespeare by taking out Duncan in bed on um, August 4th, 1040. Okay, so they're pretty much admitting in here that Shakespeare Macbeth was actually about Macbeth, King of Scots. Both Duncan and Macbeth derived their rights to the crown through their mothers. Yep. Yep, because their mothers were the original. Let's just flip back. They were the of the original royal bloodline that started uh, the rulership in Scotland and, and consolidating uh, the kingdoms uh, were, they were McAlpins or McAlpines. All right. Okay. But the, the, the Duncan or Dunkale name or that house came through marriage. Macbeth's victory in 1054 over a rebel army near Dunkale in modern region of Perth and Kenross. 
may account for the later references in Shakespeare's and others to Burnham Wood, for the village of Burnham is near Dunkel. In 1046, Seward, that's interesting, Earl of Nondrumbry, or Brea, unsuccessfully attempted to dethrone Macbeth in favor of Malcolm, elder son of Duncan I. By 1050, Macbeth felt secure enough to leave Scotland for a pilgrimage to Rome. But in 1054, he was apparently forced by Seward to yield part of southern Scotland to Malcolm. Three years later, Macbeth was taken out by in battle by Malcolm with existence with assistance from the English. Now I pause with this C word name because I have seen in the records this name C word S E A W A R D um, linked back to it is in the lineage of the Stuart Ross lineage. Okay, so I'm just wondering if this is the, the same C word bloodline, just a, a derivative. Okay. All right. All right, so it's just telling um, where Macbeth was buried on the island of Iona regarded as the resting place of lawful kings, but not of usurpers. Child, they don't be playing around. His followers install his stepson, Lulak, as king when Lulak was taken out. So we're going to get into Lulak in a second, right? So Macbeth, y'all just, I'm just going, y'all should know who Macbeth is about. Um, is the tragedy in five acts by William Shakespeare written sometime in 1606 to 1607 and published in the first folio of 1623 from a playbook or transcript of one. Some portions of the original text are corrupted. Peep this. Some portions of the original text are corrupted or missing from the published edition. The play is shortened of Shakespeare's tragedy without diversion or subplots. It chronicles Macbeth's seizing of power and subsequential destruction, both his rise and fall, the result of blind ambition. Okay, so most of us have heard of Shakespeare and Macbeth, <clears throat> but I'm not going to even sit here and lie. I did not know that it was really based on an actual Macbeth King, okay, which also proves the point of folks saying rumors that Shakespeare was melanated and the folks that Shakespeare was writing about was melanated. Hmm. Okay, so uh, let's jump back over here. So that's Macbeth. Okay, um, the Christian Moorish king, Malcolm III, who had pittish blood in his veins, ruled Scotland from 
AD 1058 to 1093 under Canmore, Great Chief Dynasty. He was the son of Duncan I, who was the grandson of Malcolm II, the nephew of Kenneth the Niger. The name Duncan means son of the black-skinned king warrior. Yes, or dark-skinned king warrior. All right, the house of Canmore, as was the house of Alpin, was full of family violence. When Malcolm III met his untimely death from a fatal wound to the eye, his brother, Donald Bain III, succeeded him, and he was later overthrown by his nephew, Duncan II. Child, that's all they did was take each other out. The older son of Malcolm III, it was not so doggone it, chow. It was not long afterwards that Duncan II was slain by his half-brother Edwin, or Edmund, sorry, which enabled Donald III to resume the occupation of his throne. Chow. The 30, I'm sorry, the 60-year-old Donald III was finally dethroned by Duncan III's half-brother Edgar, who was the second son of Malcolm III. Edgar lived a secure life, and when he died, his rule was divided between his two brothers, Alexander I and David I. Alexander I was the fifth son of Malcolm III and was said to be very religious as well as brutal. When Alexander I died, his younger brother David I succeeded him. Now, I forgot to jump back over here because um, and. His work, Dr. Uh, John L. Johnson's work, The Negro Rulers of Scotland and British Isles, he actually skipped one of the kings. Let's remember we're down here. So uh, we did Duncan the first, son of a um, black warrior. Um, we did Macbeth. So after Macbeth was Lulac. So he skipped Lulac. And I'm like, okay, well, what's up with Lulac? So I had to go see what was up with blood Lulac. So this is just all I found on Lulac. Um, Lulac, king of Scotland, his followers installed his stepson Lulac as king. And they're talking about Macbeth. So when Macbeth got taken out, Lulac was installed he was a stepson okay um so let me just see did i find something on lulac over here yeah i did so i found more on lulac over here lulac was nicknamed the fool child they are a mess lulac was the king of scots between 1057 and 1058 he appears to have been a weak king and was indeed known as Lulac the Simple or Lulac the Fool. He does, however, have the distinction of being the first king of Scotland, of whom there are coronation details available. He was crowned in August 1057 at Scone. Lulac was the son of Grooch of Scotland, Lady Macbeth's. Okay, so that's Lady Macbeth's son. From her first marriage, okay, so that's why that was Macbeth's stepson. From her first marriage to Gilly, um, Comeng, Mormare of Moray, and thus the stepson of Macbeth. 
Following the death in the Battle of Macbeth in 1057, the king's followers placed Lulac in the throne despite strong resistance from the factions of Maul, Cullium III. Lulac ruled only for a few months. That's a doggone shame. The man ruled only for a few months before being assassinated and succeeded by Myocolium. Lulac was married, although his wife's name is unknown. His son, Myal Sinachta, was Mormir of Moray, oh, while Oengus of Moray was the son of Lulac's daughter. He is believed to be buried with the rest of the Galaic kings of Scotland on St. Columba's holy island of Iona in or around the monastery. The exact position of the grave is unknown. Dang, y'all. So let's just see. I did pull something additional on Macbeth um, on here, but I, I think we already went over that. Yeah, we went over it, so it wasn't too much. Um, yeah, but so both of them are accounted for in different sources. It's basically what I want to show the fam on that. So yeah, honey, poor Lulac. Chow, he wasn't even, um, <laughs> poor Lulac. I mean, he wasn't prepared for that, you know, so dang, that's all I can say. So Lulac is, mama is Lady Macbeth, poor Lulac. All right, so we went on to Malcolm Third. okay, so Malcolm Third was really after Lulac, okay. Um, and let's see what else we want to say here. Um, and that's basically that. Let's see if we had, I had anything else on, um, Malcolm III. Um, so this is really Malcolm's real name. Uh, well, He's now known as Malcolm III, but child, I, I don't know how to pronounce all of this. That's the original name. Muel, Colidium, Mac, Dunachadada, whatever, was king of Scots. He was the eldest son of whoever that is. I can't pronounce the, this name, honey. I don't know what language that is. While often known as Malcolm Canmore, okay, the earliest epithet applies to him is long neck. It appears that the real Malcolm Canmore was this Mael Colium's great-grandson, Malcolm IV. And I'm calling him Malcolm Canmore. Um, Malcolm Canmore's long reign spanning five decades did not mark the beginning of the Scoto Norman age reign to be seen as extending the authority of Albert Kings over the Scandinavian Norse Gael. Now that's interesting. Norse Gael and uh, Galaic North and West of Scotland, the areas under the control of the King of Scots did not advance much beyond the limit of Maal Colonium or Malcolm Canmore until the 12th century and 13th century. Um, Malcolm Canmore main achievement is often thought to match that of MacAlpine in continuing a line which would rule Scotland for many years 
although his role as final founder of a dynasty has more to do with the propaganda of his youngest son david and his descendants than with any historical reality okay all right so i just want to give that additional info on malcolm the third all right so let's continue um, but what I do want us to remember about Malcolm the third, he, his, he came from two different sides of rulers. So what we were going over on, uh, this Scott's clan, it was telling you his other side of the bloodline, uh, which areas that his peeps were ruling from his other side. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I think that's where we're going to stop because I want to get into the women next time. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to highlight. We're going to get into the women next time. So there you have it, family. Child, I know that's a lot. I know that's a lot. Um, but I hope you all are getting some value out of this. Let me blow this up. Going over the ancient rulers of Scotland and the British Isles. Uh, the main source of this particular series is a book, The Negro Rulers of Scotland and the British Isle by Dr. John L. Johnson. So uh, we'll be back. Uh, earlier this week, we'll drop another one. We'll get into some of the women rulers. I'm excited about that. And we'll take it from there. And um, thanks so much, family, for being on this journey with me through this information. And thank you to the family that dropped comments, uh, giving additional insight and information. It is much appreciated. Thank you to the family that are sending me um, information for future content, uh, content. It is much appreciated. I am still behind. I have still a few little emails to get through, so I haven't forgotten about you. Uh, if you want to send me contact content or information, you can send them at the truthuncompromised at gmail email, or you can send it uh, I am via Instagram or Facebook. So I want to thank everyone on this Saturday afternoon. This is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Peace and love, family. <laughs>